otherwise on SAFM. PR events and fundraising manager of the Amy Bill Foundation, Michelle Bagley, joins me on the phone. Hello, Michelle. Welcome and thank you for your time. Thank you, Shadow, for having me. Listen, it's been, what, 22 years since uh, Amy Beal passed on? Yes. And uh, that's when the work of the Amy Beal Foundation started? Yes, correct. Um, As you know, um, Amy was um, killed in Guguletu. And um, Linda and Peter Beal then started this amazing foundation um, Mm. in 1997. Um, currently, we are running five after-school centres in the uh, township of Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we look after about 2,000 children in five disadvantaged communities in Cape Town, and we do after-school programs. And so for us, it's about keeping those children safe, keeping them away from all those negative influences out there, like the drugs, like the gangsters, and making sure that they understand that there is a possibility, that there is something out there for them. Mm. Um, so that is what we are busy doing at the moment. How old are these children you do? They, they vary. Um, Shadow, we, we'd like to kind of get them early. So mm. we try to do foundation phase from about five years old. And we take them all the way through to about 18 years old. Wow. And we've, we, we've started a new program that we are very, very excited about. Mm-hmm. As you know, joblessness in, in, in Cape Town and the Western Cape and South Africa is you know, growing mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And our, our young people are finding it very difficult to either get into um, you know, different educational institutions and you know, being able to learn a skill. And so we've launched something called the Entrepreneurial Skills Development Program, Mm -hmm. where we take our young school leavers who have not been able to be placed somewhere, and we are going to be, um, we are currently finishing off our new building, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that you'll be able to come and be there when we open it up and are cutting that ribbon. Um, But we're going to be having seven classrooms at at our uh, center. And we're going to be offering things like, um, you know, beautician, or we're going to be doing, a, you know, plumbing. Mm. Um, we're going to be doing beading, sewing, so that our young people have been able to be exposed to um, some kind of skill. So it's a vocational school, Correct. really. Yes. Correct. How do you identify these children? How do you reach them in the first place? Um, for our young children that are currently in the community, we open to every single child in the communities that we are in. Mm. And we are in Google too. We're in Yanga, New Crossroads, we're in Philippi, and we're in Bontierville. Mm. So our schools are open to any child between the ages of 5 and 18 from the, the existing school that we are in or from the communities in the surrounds. And all we do is we ask them to commit every day to come to the after-school center. Mm. And number two, they need to stay in school. And those, for us, are the only two criteria that will allow them to come into the after-school center. But so you work in pa- closed. Sorry. So you work in partnership with the with the schools, the educational schools. Correct. They go to. We do. We do. Mm-hmm. So, so even though we are called an after-school center, we run those after-school centers in partnership with an existing school. Okay. Okay. Now, what sort of programs do you offer? You mentioned the entre- entrepreneurial program. Yes, we do. So. So if I had to just tell you about the younger children, our mm-hmm. children between the ages of 5 and 18, we invite them to come and see a wide array of, of programs. It from, from the dancing, from music, from learning an instrument like marimba mm-hmm. or, or the flute. Mm-hmm. We, we try and instill in them about sports, team players, you know, being out there trying to get healthy. We try and do computers, computer literacy. We try and, and, and you know, get them to have a, a love of reading. So we do literacy classes. Mm. We do um, various 
performing arts, as, I, as, as I've said. Um, and then, and then we just have the general after-school programs where they can come, they can, you know, decide. Yes, I'm interested in learning how to play soccer, for example. And so I'm going to be joining the soccer program, mm. or I'm interested in playing the marimba. Mm. So they, they have the option to choose which of the activities they're wanting to get involved in, and we then put them into that class that they are interested in. Now, Michelle, you, you probably need a lot of expertise as far as skills and, 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 and instructors that are, are able to deal with these children in the various age groups. How do you find people to support the programs? Shadow, you will be so surprised, but it is so easy sometimes. Ah. I think the Amy Beale Foundation is very transparent, and I think people know about the foundation, and they know about the good work that we do in the community. Mm. So what we try and do is we try and we, we call them facilitators. Okay. And what we try and do is we try to recruit facilitators from within that community. It's a lot easier to have a facilitator from the community that the child is somehow familiar with. They are easier to then form a rapport or bond with that person because, let's face it, you know, between the hours of, you know, half past three and six o'clock, when mom and dad are unfortunately not at home, they're perhaps mm -hmm. working, and so they, they aren't able to be at home looking after their children. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our children are left without anybody minding them. So, so for us, the facilitator needs to be able to be a mom and a dad, a guidance counselor, a social worker, a teacher, a friend, so that if anything happens after school, they have the ability to be able to go to these teachers or what we call facilitators, and you know they, they know that they're in a safe environment. So. Mm -hmm. We go through an entire um, recruitment process, obviously, to make sure that they are well qualified, mm -hmm. that they've got their police clearances, mm -hmm. that they've got the skill that they are wanting to offer our children. But people know about the foundation, and because they know the foundation, because they know the good work that we do within the community, as soon as they know that there's a vacancy, we get inundated with CVs. So uh, we're very blessed in that regard. I also know that you've got a lot of volunteers that come and help from, from different parts of the world. Absolutely, absolutely. We, once again, are very blessed that we, we, we have so many volunteers. In my office as we speak, um, I have two American volunteers mm -hmm. from Trinity. College. Um, I have a South African intern from CPUT. I have two Dutch volunteers um, from from Holland. I have um, another American, specifically literacy teacher, hmm. that has come to offer her her, her skills. And then we have various ones from Australia. We've had obviously people from America. We've had people as far as Italy. So, so we're very, very lucky. And we can accommodate up to about 10 volunteers at any one time. Now, how do these volunteers fit into your programs and how do, you, how do they identify your needs? Okay. All right. So what happens is um, all of our information is on the website, www.amybeal.co.za. Um, and if they click on the tab, how can you help us? Mm. It gives you a very good description of what, what kind of information we, we require from a volunteer, but also what we, what we can offer them because the volunteer wants to come and they want to know that they're making a difference when they come and spend six weeks or eight weeks or six months or 12 months with us. So we, need, we, we tell them very specifically that if you're going to be volunteering in a program, there needs to be some kind of skill that you're going to be bringing to our children in the centers. Mm. And many of them come, they have a great love of sports, 
Um, so they will come, and my, my two Dutch volunteers are doing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, one is doing netball, and the other one is doing soccer. Mm-hmm. My American volunteers, they are doing literacy, because that's kind of what they, they're passionate is about. And then, um, as I said, Sarah is our, the other American teacher who's coming, and she's assisting our literacy coordinator as well. So, as I said, it, the programs are so varied, but we're very specific about the volunteers that come because we want them to have a fruitful experience. Mm. And, and because they are only able to spend maybe, you know, six weeks or eight weeks, we want to make sure that the volunteer has an amazing experience and that our children feel safe and they feel comfortable being in a class with the volunteer that is going to be coming for such a short while. Mm. And the volunteers obviously pay for their own way here. Correct, correct. Okay. The Amy Bill just facilitates the movement from our head office in Pinelands to the after-school centres and back again. We, we don't, unfortunately, offer accommodation. We don't book flights. We don't ask the volunteers to pay us anything. Mm. All we want is their time. Wonderful. That, that is what they're paying us with, their time. Wonderful. Do we have a lot of volunteers from South Africa? Um, unfortunately, not Shadow. And, and, and I'm trying to kind of change that, you know. We, we're trying to get to CPUT. We're trying to get to UWC, to UCT, to City Varsity, and say, listen, we do always need volunteers. Mm. But unfortunately, I, I actually don't know if it's just the culture if someone can maybe perhaps help me, maybe we're not doing something or, or mm. we're not approaching the correct places, mm. that would be very helpful. Mm. But at the moment, um, as I said, I've got one intern from CPUT, but we'd love to have more. We would absolutely love to have more. Yeah, and from the diff- different parts of the country absolutely, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, all of this sounds very wonderful, but <laughs> needs money. It needs money to, 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 you know, to keep it going. Hey? Oh, Shadow, yes. Unfortunately, the M word. <laughs> okay, so just briefly, um, it costs about 1.2 million rand to run our centres. So if we're looking at our Is that a month centers, or a year? Sorry? Is it a month or a year? The That's one? per annum. Okay. So we, we, we need about six million to, to keep the foundation going. And that six million rand allows our 2,000 children free access to anything. Okay. To, to come to the programs, if we are doing out, outreach programs, to, you know, to go swimming or to learn how to dive or to go learn how to play cricket or, or do Muay Thai on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, they, we transport them to and from wherever they need to be. We provide them with a meal. We provide them the after-school center, as I said. Um, if we are going on a camp, you know, our children love to go camping. I think it's what the highlight of every single year. We take them to beautiful places like Herman is to go see the whales. Mm-hmm. Or we take them to Paul or Stellenbosch. Um, we are very lucky. In April, we are taking them to a um, Lindadno camp. Um, and they're going to be going for about uh, three days. Mm. So, so we take them out of their normal environment from Gugaletu and Crossroads. We take them to an area like Lindadno that many of them would probably ne- never even heard about, didn't even know existed. Um, and, and they get to spend time in a, in a beautiful environment where they learn teamwork, where they learn about each other, where they learn about themselves. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where we are able to, to 
to, to expose them to things that they wouldn't normally be exposed to no. in a typical township environment. Mm. Do you know, Michelle, I'm wondering, um, I, know, I know these kids are, are, from, are, are from communities that can hardly afford, uh, uh, you know, to pay for stuff. Mm. But I've often wondered uh, what what kind of person we are we we are grooming here mm-hmm. because okay. do we not create an expectation of getting everything for nothing in the future? Okay. Um, are we able? What, what are they giving back apart from being present and having all these experiences? But how do they know that at some point they would have to take responsibility yes. for what you know for what they earn and what they you know what they learn too? Yes. Yes, definitely. So what we do is, at the beginning of every year, when our children sign their registration form, mm. they sign something called a code of conduct. Yes. And the code of conduct states that they need to attend the after-school centers, that they are going to be giving in their school reports, that they will be. There are certain criteria that we require from them mm. in order for them to become part of the program, as I said. Mm. And so what we do is we give them... I don't want to say that we give them a handout because mm. it... We, we try to educate them that we, we're not about always putting out, out our hands. We, mm. we want to give them a hand up. Okay. And so what we try and do is we try and expose them to people from various backgrounds, the lawyers, the doctors, the politicians, mm. um, religious leaders, and we, and we get our guest speakers to come in and explain to them what the real world is actually about. Okay. And we also give them an opportunity to be able to do internships. We have um, a fantastic partnerships with you know, a few hotels in Cape Town. Um, we have partnerships with other retailers with a, um, a, a spa and so what we do is we take our older children kind of between the ages of 14 and 18 and we expose them to what is possible mm. and we allow them to then explore that possibility by offering up their time working free of charge mm-hmm. just to be able to get some kind of experience under their belt and we, we take them to their hotels we, and we say to them okay for the next week you are going to be shadowing let's say, a cook or a chef Mm. or a concierge, so that they have the experience to know that this could possibly be, if they choose to, and if they choose to stay with us, they could then get placed in this hotel or at the spa or at this plumbing or, you know, just to give them an an idea of what could be possible. But in order to do that, they would need to stay in the foundation and they would need to stay in school. We also have amazing partnerships with Ireland, with America, where we are able to send our children over um, to play hockey in Ireland Mm. or to do a French exchange program for six months in France. And then we um, do the same, where we invite some of the French students to come and spend six months with us here in South Africa. So we give them these opportunities, but they come with um, certain requests from us. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want them to realize that it's not everything is for free. And for example, our camps, we would say to them, in order for you to commit to the camp, you need to pay us five rand for the younger ones or ten rand for the older yes, ones yes. and that is your commitment to us mm. if we are going to be doing recycling and we say we're going to be recycling glass bottles or uh, plastic bottles or cans in order for you to move on to a next activity we then ask them to go around and collect those things so they know that there are certain conditions when it comes to being um, chosen or selected for any of the programs that we are going to be offering them for the year. Yeah, so they need to work hard for Correct, it. Correct, exactly. And show how much they want it. Exactly, exactly. We ne- basically, we need commitment from them. We need to know that if they've signed their code of conduct and they're going to be committing to our programs, that they actually do commit. Mm. 
Do you ever have others that fall by the wayside and, and never come back? Yes, unfortunately, Shadow, we do. Mm. Um, but I think that, that just goes with the community that we work in. Mm. Um, as you know, we have a huge influx of people from either the Eastern Cape or, or different areas. And so what happens is either, you know, mom or dad get relocated or they, they cannot find a job. They've come mm -hmm. to Cape Town to hopefully get gainful employment and they haven't been successful. So then they either return back home and we unfortunately lose track of them. Others, they do unfortunately get caught up in the wrong crowd or we try and, you know, coax them to come back into the, the program. But, um, you know, we are not social workers, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So. What we do with those is we refer them to the Department of Social Development and we say to them, you know, we are concerned about this child. Are they perhaps able to pursue it? And we hand that case then over to DSD. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're very proud of the children that are in our programs and that sometimes what will happen is they might fall by the wayside for a few months or maybe a year. But if we see that child in the community and we ask them, you know, don't you just want to come back and perhaps try it maybe once or twice a week. You don't need to commit in the beginning to, you know, every day. And we just try to kind of let them know that we are there for them. We want to support them as best we can. But it is difficult. It is difficult. And yes, we unfortunately do have the ones that don't come back to the program. Now, I know that you've got uh, associations with products that are at supermarkets. Yes. Do you have that? Yes. This is how the, the public can literally just support you in that way. So tell us about your products that okay. you have. Thank you, Shadow, for this. That's wonderful. We have an amazing partner, Pick and Pay. Um, they've always come to the party. And then we have um, another partner called Vinglow Wines. And we, we've developed something called Amy's Wine. It's a Sauvignon Blanc and a Merlot, mm -hmm. which can be purchased at any Pick and Pay. Okay. So it's, it's a case of them just going to the wine aisle, you know, seeing Amy's wine. It's a, you can't miss it. It's a, a beautiful bottle with a black um, label and Amy is beautifully bold and orange. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it retails for less than 50 rand. Okay. So it's, you know, that's one way that they can support us. We also have um, Blue Ribbon is another one of our uh, sponsors. And we have Amy's Bread, a, a brown loaf and a white loaf that can also be purchased at Pick and Pay. We have the Relate Bracelet, which can be purchased at some clicks, um, sometimes Woolworths. It just depends on kind of the cycle of the bracelet, or mm -hmm. they can purchase it directly from me. And for these products, a percentage of each of the product comes back to the foundation. Oh, wonderful. So, so, so for every purchase that you have, we automatically get the revenue. And then for those that shop at a Woolworths or a Kalahari.net or an Engine, we have something called the My School, My Village card. Okay, yes. And then for every swipe you get, the card is free of charge, but for every swipe you, you, you swipe at one of the, the outlets, again, the, the foundation immediately gets that percentage. So, you know, you, you're kind of helping us by just swiping a card mm. really so mm. you know please swipe away <laughs> okay i know you've got a big event coming up but we'll yes. talk about that later in the week yes. we've got one of your ambassadors yes. Tandegile, who we're going to talk to Fantastic. but how do people get more information about the amy beale foundation and how they can contribute okay thank you shadow so we have a facebook page um amy beale foundation and beale is spelled b-i-e-h-l mm -hmm. we also have a website um www amybeal.co.za or they can call me directly on 021-447-1690. I'm Michelle and I'm always available. I will take your call 
Um, so, you know, if they're wanting to just chat to me or give me some ideas, I would love to hear from them. I'd love you to come back to me and tell me you've got more volunteers from yes, South Africa. That'd be amazing. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Michelle, all the best and thank you for your time. Thank huh? you very much, Shadow, for this wonderful opportunity. You take care now. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that website again, www.amybeal.co.za or call Michelle on 021-447-1690. But remember to either buy Amy's bread where you can, Amy's wine, and all of, all of them, I think, at Pick and Pay, and look out for the Relate bracelet, wherever you can find it. They're usually next to uh, the counters as you pay on um, checkout points at, at, at the supermarkets, either Woolworths or Pick and Pay. Otherwise, on SAFM. Amy Beal Foundation, Tandekili Mapikana is a 20-year-old ambassador for the Amy Beal Foundation and she joins me now on the phone. Tandekili, hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Now, I want to know about your journey with the Amy Beal Foundation. How did you get your first experience with the Amy Beal Foundation? Well, I began with the Amy Beal Foundation the year 2010. I began as a peer educator, as a junior peer educator, but Within that, I committed with NABL Foundation and I became a senior. From senior, I became a mentor. Well, with all my commitments, I got the achievements of going abroad. I, had a, 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 um, I got lucky to be in the leadership program and everything that I, I committed, so I got the fruits of my commitment with Amigo Foundation. But where were you from originally? Uh, did, did you reside in, in one of the five areas that the Amy Beal Foundation works in? Yes, I was at the Mkanyiseli Primary School, mm-hmm. but I, I began my first year at Nomlinganiseli Primary School, and then it changed, and I attended at Mkanyiseli Primary School. That is, we immigrated divided into different primary schools and senior schools, so I attended my at Mkanyiseli Primary School. How has the program changed your life? The program has changed my life abundantly. I it it has helped me find the enemy. It has helped me find the true Kanegira Mapikana. It has helped me have a clear mindset of my my youth and it has gave me it has gave me the platform to see that my youth needs my help and how I should I should help and assist where I can. And it it it, it made me find my purpose in life basically. It really had a positive influence in my life. So what do you do on a daily basis now as an ambassador for Amy Beale? How are you giving back to your community? But mostly, what are, what are you saying to the rest of the world when you travel around the world? You went to France, and I want to hear about your experiences there and what you think you were able to teach them about South Africa. Okay, well, now I'm working. Um, I'm on a leadership with old Michel Finance, and there is a... There's events in my community, like there's uh, hip-hop stations every Friday that I attend to. It is basically to take the youth out of the streets. It is to empower them about HIV and AIDS and all of that. So I I, I participate in that, still awareing them about HIV, AIDS, and all, and all of the above diseases that we have in Africa. Mm-hmm. And I went to France, and it was very breathtaking. The six months were absolutely amazing. There I taught them our language, I taught them our cultures, I taught them about how we live in South Africa, our presidents, our history, and they were really touched and I was really honored to be there for six months and represent Amy Bell as my foundation. 
Did you learn to speak a bit of French? <laughs> okay, I know you said you speak a little French, right? Yes, I still I speak a little bit of French. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's helping you because when you deal with people, of most people on the continent speak French, don't you? Yes, it, it, it opens a lot of doors. It, it opens a lot of doors. So what, what do you think we need to learn as the public to give more support to the Amy Beale Foundation? What, what, what do you think is the most important thing we should know about the Amy Beale Foundation and what it does for communities? The Amy Beale Foundation is, I can't explain, there's no no words to to explain that organization. We appreciate everything. We appreciate people just coming there, volunteering their time, teaching kids about the experiences in life, motivating us, and just a helping hand, donating, donations, because we often have events. So such things, such minor things like your time, two hours of your time to get there, speak to us about your journey in life, motivate us of where we come from, where you've been, where you're going, where you're heading at, mm-hmm. so we can also find motivation in our lives. So it's many things that we need from, from all the people to motivate us, just motivation and donations and so forth. What's your biggest dream, Tanegil? My biggest dream is giving back to Emilio Foundation. Oh, fantastic. It's buying them a big house, our own Emilio house, and that's so big. That's my biggest, my biggest dream yet. Well, I, I, I hope that dream comes true, Tandigile. Thank you so much for your time and continue to, to spread your passion as you have. Thank you so much, Rita. You take care now. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Tandigile Mapikana, one of the ambassadors of the Amy Bill Foundation. When we come back, there is a, a presentation of Sounds of Celebration 2, uh, which is a joyous and uplifting tribute to social cohesion. And it's going to be at Emperor's Palace um, on the 17th of March. And it, um, it's a unique event, apparently, that features musical performances by 150 talented young artists. And they represent a wide spectrum of cultures and, and all of that. We hear about uh, the, the, the presentation with, from Joan Lithgow, who's the coordinator of this year's event and Education Africa's musical director after this. Joan Lisco is my guest and she's the coordinator of this year's event and Education Africa's musical director. And we're talking about the sounds of celebration too. Joan, welcome to Otherwise. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Shadow. It's great to be on your show. Don't you get people call, trying to say, every time I've been trying to say Joan Lithgow, I, I ended up saying John Lithgow. I know, isn't it amazing? <laughs> how, how great would it be if I was related to him? <laughs> well, I thought you may have been. Welcome. And, and Now, this is a second year of, of Sounds of Celebration. What, what, when was the first? Um, in 2013, we, uh, no, it was 2013, late 2013 that we had our first one. And with, a, with great success, and um, we're now following up with our second concert. So how does it work? Because I'm interested in the social cohesion bit. Right. Well, this year um, our theme is social cohesion. And the idea is that, you know, um, our, our um, nation as a whole... Um, Although we're, we're a um, rainbow nation, we're very divided in many ways. And especially with our youth, we try to bring our youth together through the medium of music and to, to show that each and every one of our young people 
has something special to bring to the table um, as a musical offering. So you run different projects as Education Africa around the country? Correct, that's what we do. Um, our main um, music project is, we've got two main projects. We've got one that is um, we open up Marimba Hubs in um, areas, disadvantaged areas, and that basically means we equip a school with marimbas, and we train teachers, and then we monitor and help the teachers teach children. And at each hub where we've put marimbas in, we invite schools in the surrounding areas to come to lessons at the marimba hub in the afternoons. And this way, we take children off the streets making mischief, and we put them into music rooms making music instead. Making music instead of mischief, I like that. Now, now this program, all these programs work around the Gauteng area mainly, right? Um, not all our programs. Um, our marimba hubs at the moment run in the Gauteng area. We also have um, an international marimba and steel pan festival that comes up in, in August, and I hope I get to chat to you later this year okay. um, regarding that. Mm-hmm. And um, here we're expecting somewhere in the region of 1,600 marimba and steel pan players from all over South Africa as well as um, the rest of the world. We've already got Nigerians, um, Zimbabweans, Botswana, um, as well as Trinidad and Tobago coming to our festival. Of course you wouldn't do it without Trinidad and Tobago. Of course not. <laughs> Especially with the steel, steel drums. Huh? Absolutely, yes. Now, Sounds of Celebration has 100 children. How did you manage that? In fact, you said over 150 talented young That's artists. That's correct. We've got somewhere in the region of, I think, 165 at the last count. <laughs> and um, it seems to get bigger every day. Because <laughs> all the children want to take part. And basically what we've got is we're trying to represent as many um, of our traditional groups in South Africa um, playing their, their traditional songs um, as well as some uh, common, common songs um, at the concert. So basically we've got um, a steel band. We have um, four marimba bands because we're very involved in marimba bands. We have a pipe band, a um, penny whistle band, um, a Japanese koto, which is a, wow. a, like a Japanese harp. It is absolutely exquisite to listen to. Um, we have gumboot dancing. We um, have... So when you oh, say a pipe band, is it, is it a Scottish band? a Scottish pipe, pipe band, yes. Ooh. We have a Scottish pipe band. We, um, it is absolutely incredible. We talk, the idea is to juxtapose, juxtapose different styles also together. So um, when the Scottish band comes in, um, our first um, item that we're going to be performing is um, Beethoven's Ode to Joy theme. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do the theme in different styles. And, um, for instance, we're going to start with, with um, the pipe band playing Ode to Joy on pipes with um, gumboot dancers dancing, African wow. gumboot dancing wow. with it. And it's going to be absolutely mind-blowing, I can tell you. I see you Never. also have Irish dancers. Um, we're hoping to have an Irish dancer. We've just had someone pull out, unfortunately. Ooh. So we're still looking for an Irish dancer for, the, for this concert. Well, this is the right place to go to look for Absolutely. an Irish dancer. So how, how do they find you to say? Um, yes, they need to contact us at Education Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and our telephone number is 11 mm-hmm. 873 mm-hmm. uh, sorry, 685 
685 Yes. So if there's any male, we're looking for a male um, Irish dancer in particular. If there's anyone out in Gauteng areas who's interested, um, they should please contact us urgently. So your, the right. performance is, is at uh, Emperor's Palace on when? Okay, so we have three performances. Um, we've got two performances, one on Monday, the, the 16th of, Mar- of March, and, my, and one on Tuesday, the 17th of March, in the afternoon. And those are closed performances. We're performing for um, uh, underprivileged schools in the Gauteng area. Um, and the exact same concert that we're going to be performing for um, the public on Tuesday night will be performed for the children mm. free of charge. And then on um, Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. at the Theatre of Marcellus is when um, the, the, the public concert is. Well, fantastic. Fantastic. We'll give them your details again to for more information. It's Johannesburg 685-7300. Perfect. And that's, we look forward to lots and lots of people coming. It is a show that is absolutely unique with um, never before seen so many different acts um, on one stage. Um, really quite remarkable. I love it. I love it. Thank you. All the best, Joan. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you, Shadow. Take care. Bye. 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 Uh, The website for Education Africa is educationafrica.org. And Joan's number again, 011-685-7300.